This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. I have to say, it's an honor for me to pray for you. I just love it. It's just my favorite thing to do. Happy Mother's Day. I hope this day is really sweet for you. And I believe that if it's not exactly happy, because I realize sometimes it's not, there's family stuff, there's disappointments, there's maybe loss that you've experienced, or you're missing your mom, or maybe you haven't been able to be a mom. God knows all of that. And he can help us. And he has something special for all of us. That I sense as I've been praying. You know, um, as I've gone on through the years, I've realized life isn't easy. It's actually hard. And you're like, okay, so, but actually Jesus, he said that to us. He said it in the book of John. He said, in the world, there's tribulation. There's trials, there's distress, there's frustrations. But then he goes on further and he says, be of a good courage, don't let it get you down. Be brave, be strong. I've overcome the world. I've robbed it of its power to harm you. But I don't like hard. You know, I'm thinking marriage, it's, it's, it's of God, right? Where's the easy button? I haven't found one. You know, I'm like, where's the easy button to this? Isn't this, isn't this supposed to be easy? Children, children are rewards of the Lord. And I'm not feeling rewarded all the time. In fact, I haven't found an easy button attached to that either. I'd love to tell you I didn't always look for easy, but I have. And when it came to something hard, I'm like, I want to avoid that. I even taught my children that. I seem to want to protect them from everything hard. I wanted them to get out of everything hard. I wanted to handle everything hard from them, not realizing Life is going to have some hard things for all of us. Jesus told us that in the world or in life, in our marriages, with our children, there are hard things that happen to all of us. In some ways, I don't like that, but in other ways, it's relieving because it means we all deal with it. Now, if you think it's going to be easy, then your expectations are greatly disappointed then your expectations or your tendency to get in despair or depression over your marriage or children are just mostly, boy, there, because I thought it was gonna be easier than this. But if you think it's gonna be hard, if you know it's gonna be hard and you are willing to face that, you're more ready for it. You can get through some things. But listen, we don't go through hard things without the help of God. He's the greater one, and he can help us. And he's so willing to help us. You know, it's just interesting because about a year ago, I was reading a little poetry book that I found titled Honey from a Rock. I thought, what a funny title, Honey and a Rock. They're different. They don't match to me. I love honey. I happen to love honey. It's sweet. It's fluid. I really like honey. But what does it have to do with a rock? A rock is cold, immovable, lifeless, difficult, a rock. Where's honey from a rock? And I'm sitting here reading the title and I thought, I think that's a scripture. And I looked it up and it is, look at this. Psalm 81 verse 16. He or God would have fed them also with the finest of wheat and with honey from the rock, I would have satisfied you. Honey from a rock? How does honey come from a rock? A rock doesn't produce honey. 
But as I studied it, I read that in Israel, in the remote wilderness, there are these rocky crags and one can pass by those mountains and see glistening streams of honey flowing down the rocks. So this isn't just an analogy, a nice phrase, a nice allegory. This is real. Like honey can actually flow from a rock. How? Well, there's bees in abundance in that area and they deposit their honey in the crevices and in the cracks of those rocks and out comes streaming something sweet. If we're having to face difficult times, could something sweet, something of God, could God deposit something in between the most difficult situation that's lifeless and bring something sweet out of it? Oh, absolutely, yes, he can. He can bring hope and healing to any difficult situation. There's nothing too hard for him at all, even the most rock-like situations that we have to face. As a mother, if I could just share my heart with you, the one thing that I would have loved to have taught better was to teach my children how to handle difficult times better. You need some resilience about you. You've got to be able to face some things. But I thought my life with God meant like he was going to do it all. I still don't want to face it, but we have to face things. We just don't face it alone. And that's why I want to share with you today about one tough beauty queen. And I like that. Alan, as we were talking about it, he got that phrase and I thought, I like that. One tough beauty queen. Can you guess who she is? Her name is Esther. Maybe you've heard of her name before. In the Hebrew language, her name means hidden. She's a pretty little gal. She may have been just a delicate little flower of a girl, but deep hidden in the heart of this gal is some strength and courage and bravery that you and I can have too. You see, Esther's story can be our story. She's committed. She has a devotion. She has a resolve in her that God's able to work with, and we're going to see and watch her come through a very difficult situation. But if all of us deal with hard situations. And if God can work through any situation, I believe the encouragement to you today, no matter what's happening in your home, in your marriage, in your life, in your children, God's saying, there is a sweetening to that situation. There is something sweet that can come from that hardest thing. There is something of God that can come through. It's behind the scenes. It's in the cracks. It's in the crevices. Maybe you hadn't seen it. Maybe it's hidden, but it's there. And God's about to stream some things right into us. I love who he is. He's so good. Esther, we see this book. It's about 480 BC. King Xerxes is the king at this time. Very powerful ruler. But he decides to have a nationwide beauty contest. The reason why he does this is because he got rid of his first wife. This wife, we don't know what happens to her. That's a hidden mystery in the book. She just disappears. I'm like, that's uncomfortable. Like, what happened? We don't know. We don't know what happened to Vashti. She just goes. And he says, I'm going to have another beauty queen. You're like, oh, yeah, like the bachelor, right? Who's going to get the final rose? Kind of. Those girls sign up for it. These girls in this era don't. You have no choice. If you're pretty, if you're a maiden, if you're a virgin, you're in on the beauty contest. I'm thinking, as a, you know, if I was a young girl at that time, I'm thinking, gosh, you know, the king's not my type. He's kind of old. And 
He's had all these other women, and he drinks a lot. I hear he likes wine banquets and all that stuff. And by the way, what's really uncomfortable is, what happened to the queen? We don't know. She's missing. Is she alive? I don't know. That would make me feel more comfortable. And what exactly did she do? No choice. They had to go, and Esther's part of this. Esther's not only a beautiful girl, she has the favor and the kindness of God all over her. Do you know that God's favor and kindness can be over you too? And the king is drawn to her, crowns her queen. Yay, everything's good. You're protected now, right, Esther? Nothing bad's gonna happen to you. Wow, you're provided for, you don't have to worry about a thing. No. Hard times hit all of us. Don't let the enemy fool you and think that I'm the only one who's going through this. No, there's nothing that we all don't go through. It might look a little different, but every home goes through hard times. Remember, Jesus said, in the world, in this life, there's tribulation, there's trial. He wanted us to be prepared. He says, be ready for it. Don't let it scare you. Don't let it cause you to draw back. Mm -mm. I've overcome the world. You can be brave. You can be strong in the middle of it. Even in the palace, hard times hit. It's not like Esther had an easy life. She actually was an orphan. Her mother and her father had died. And she's raised by her uncle Mordecai. Hidden in him, an amazing godliness, a holiness. He's rooted in God. And he instructs Esther in the ways of the Lord. He's real sweet towards her. He watches over her, goes to the garden palaces. He's looking after her, but he's actually very strong with her too. I'm like, wow, strong and sweet. Do they go together? Yeah, actually being strong is sometimes the sweetest thing you can do. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. God's strong. God's sweet towards us too. I love that he's both. He's strong. So she hears from the palace that all the Jewish people in the city are crying and mourning. She sends a messenger to Mordecai and she goes, why is everybody crying? He sends a message back. Didn't you read the scroll? Esther, read the scroll. There's a scroll. There's a royal law that went out. And all the Jews, women and children, young and old, everyone that's a Jew is going to be killed. It's like a modern day Holocaust. It doesn't make sense at all. People pulled from their businesses. People pulled from their homes and killed mercilessly in one day. And guess what, Esther? You're Jewish too. And you're not protected even in the palace. And then he says to her, you're going to have to do something. Wait a second. How could I do something? She sends another message back. But don't you know, don't you remember? Everyone knows the royal law. If I don't get asked any man, let alone woman, that doesn't get asked by the king to come and to his presence, they could be killed. And I haven't been asked for 30 days. That's another story. I'm not going to get offended over that. I have no idea who he's been with in those 30 days, but he hasn't called for me. And I have no idea if he's going to call for me. I can't do anything. I have no control. I've never had any control in my life. Mordecai, look at his parenting. Strong. He sends a message back. Esther, if you hold your peace at this time, you're not protected. Even in the palace, you're not protected. You have to do what's right. Yes, it's risky. But if it's right, God will stand with you. 
He says, God's going to find a way to deliver his people. He's going to do it. Maybe, maybe you're there for such a time as this. And he leaves it. He doesn't try to fix it. She's faced with this very hard, difficult situation. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Isn't that the question we ask with the hearts? What am I going to do? She takes Mordecai's counsel and she does something he didn't ask her to do. She adds prayer to it. Basically what she says is, I'm going to involve God. I'm going to invite God in the middle of this. And in Esther chapter 4, verse 16, we see this. She says and sends a message, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I, we're going to fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. We're talking about a strong resolve and a little Jewish girl who's queen. You think she's protected, but no, she has to face this situation too. But she takes good counsel. This is how you just commit something to God. This is what you do in a difficult situation. Get good counsel. Not all counsel is good. What's good counsel? Good counsel are words and advice that match the scriptures. That's why it's so good if you'll read your Bible. When you read your Bible, you begin to see, what does God think? What would he say? And what would he do? And then you can begin to go, what am I supposed to think? What am I supposed to say? What am I to do in this situation? There's good counsel. There's not so good counsel too. I came from a divorced home and I didn't know my birth dad very much. I didn't. But on my wedding day, I'm dancing with him. As we're dancing, he says, Joy, if this doesn't work and it ends up in divorce, you can come and live with me. I was like, you know, Alan did not make a good impression at all. <laughs> That's bad advice. I love you, Dad, but I can't take that. I'm going to have to stay with the scriptures and what God says. Get good godly counsel. Get advice from the scriptures and then pray behind it. Now, let me encourage you. If you've even gotten a scripture or a word from the Lord, pray behind it. Add some prayer and not a quick prayer. Well, dear God, I hope you can do something. She's committed to pray. She spends some times and hours and days. She's like, Lord, I'm asking you for help. How do you pray? Maybe you're not comfortable with that. Look at her conversation with Mordecai. Mordecai, what's happening? Mordecai, what do I need to do? Mordecai, I'm concerned about this. That's exactly how you pray. You pour out your heart to God. Father, I have this problem. I'm concerned about this. I'm afraid about this. This is the hard part. What do you want me to do? You mean I have a part? Oh God, please, like fix it, work it. I don't want to have a part in this. After we pray, do we still have to face the problem? Isn't God going to like fix it? I find that in most all the miracles and the mercies and the powerful things we see in the scriptures, we have a part to play. It's a small part. It's really not the hard part. That's the easy button. It's not. 
God has the bigger part and the bigger role, and he's more than happy to do great and big and merciful and kind and sweet things for you. Now, my mom remarried when I was seven years old to a wonderful man named Del Todd. I loved him. I had so much kindness and favor from him, and he always helped me with my homework. I was actually in my, it's kind of embarrassing, I was in my senior year of high school, and I'm sitting at the table writing a poem. He comes in, and, and he goes, so what are you doing? I'm like, I'm writing a poem. He's like, what do you have so far? I'm like, oh, moon, oh, moon, that's it. He says, that's not very good. I said, I know. So he sat down with me, and we talked, and we laughed, and, and we wrote the poem together. Basically, he wrote most of it. I turned it in, and I kind of forgot about it. At the end of the year, they announced in my school that I was the winner of the poetry contest for Oh Moon, Oh Moon. I was like, that's the only part I wrote. <laughs> wow. I was tickled. I was laughing inside. I'm like, I can't wait to get home and tell my dad. I went home and I said, guess what, dad? He goes, what? I said, we won. Or you won, really. But we won. <laughs> I'm telling you, God can always cause you to triumph. You can always win in him. When you invite him into your situation, when you involve him into a situation, you may not have control over, but you cooperate with God and he can bring you from one victory to another victory to you just have a big old victory parade. God is good. We will hit hard situations. We will have difficult things. With good counsel and prayer and our heart before the Lord, he will help us and we don't stand alone. I want to encourage you today. Don't lose heart. You're stronger than you think. If you know the Lord, the strong one lives on the inside of you. So you can take courage because you're not standing alone and you don't have the hard part. I'm sure if Esther was praying like I pray, day one, like, let the king call me. Please fix it. Day two, like, king, come on, come on. It's been three. All right. She puts on her royal robes. I can't imagine that day. I'm not thinking that her house is close to the palace. She has to get to the inner court. I'm like, how many hallways, gardens, gardens, doors, doorkeepers, officials, you know, you're not on the list. Does she have to go through to go, I'm going to the inner court. I'm resolved to do what's right. It's risky. But let me tell you, sometimes when you stand up for right for what's right, it's the kindest thing you can do. It'd be harmful sometimes not to. And that's why God's like, there are hard things in the world. Face them. You don't face them alone. Esther's standing there in the inner court. Can you imagine? I, I don't think she was in a puddle of tears. I don't think she was biting her nails. I don't think she was looking down. Those are all things I do. I think she was looking right at him. What's he going to do? I have no control over him. I have control over me. I can trust God as much as I want to. I can pray and ask God for help as much as I want to. No one can take that away from me. I can praise God as much as I want to. No one can take that away from me, and no one can take that away from you. Look what happens in Esther so it was when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court that she found favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther went near and touched the top of that scepter. Could you imagine? I'm wondering if their eyes 
caught each other. She's looking at him, he sees her. She doesn't know what he's gonna do, but he raises that golden scepter. And let me tell you what, the favor of God was on her. God caused that to happen. This is an ungodly king. You think, but I'm dealing with a very difficult situation, an ungodly situation. What on earth could God do? He can cause honey to come from our rock. He can cause all kinds of miracles to happen because he causes this ungodly situation to be in her favor. And he will give that favor to you. Well, you have to face things, yes. Sometimes after you're praying for your marriage, you still need to get counsels. You still need to read that book on total forgiveness. Sometimes after you're praying for your children, you're like, we need to talk about the problem, the drug problem. We all know about it. When are we going to be honest? Let's get help. Your business goes under. You may have to update your resume. You have to face some things. We don't face it alone. And God can cause some things to come through for you. You're like, oh, for the mercies of God. Something so hard made so sweet. Something so wrong made so right. That's who God is. So Esther comes to the king. It's amazing to me. She's so calm. At this point, I'm usually like, do you know what happened? I can't believe it. How could you sign off on this? Do you realize what, do you even know what you did? I'm kind of in a panic. She's not. Do you know what she does? She goes, I was just wondering if you could come to dinner. I was like, why are we talking food? What is it about men that they have to eat before they talk? <laughs> I don't get that. It's in the Bible. <laughs> then... He asked her again, what do you want, Esther? She asked him to eat again. Now listen, when he asked that, he says to her, what do you want, Esther? I could give you up to half my kingdom. That may be a colloquial type of a phrase, but what it says to me is, I have more than you can ask for. Go ahead, ask it, Esther, because half my kingdom is huge. Do you know that if you ask God for a big thing, he has more than you can ask for or think. He has more than he can do in that situation. He has more that he can bring you. Your eye hasn't seen, your heart, your thoughts haven't even imagined all that God can do in that situation that's so hard that you're drawing back from, that you're scared of. The Lord's like, no, 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 face it, because I am about to do something. I'm thinking as I read that story, I'm like, say something, why are we eating? But behind the scenes, as they're having all kinds of banquets where no one else is seeing this, God is moving. He's causing dreams to come to the king in the night. He's setting things up. God's name in the book of Esther, it's not even mentioned. But his power and his providence and his goodness are seeping all throughout this very hard and difficult situation. Maybe no one else sees it, but hidden things are coming to the light. Hidden things are being revealed and all kinds of crooked, wrong things are being made right because God's behind the scenes in the cracks and in the crevices of this hard situation. And he's doing that for you too. Invite him in. Involve him in every part of your life. When Esther finally says to him, 
She says, I'm asking for my life and the life of my people. When you have to make a stand and ask for something from God, talk about something, face a situation, do you know it's for the generations to come? It's for someone besides yourself. And it makes it so worth it. You want to be strong and God stands with you. The king couldn't change the law. Some things we can't change, some things that happen, but he could amend it. He added something to it. He turned it completely around. How do you do that? He said every Jewish person can protect and fight for their family. And what was sorrowful was turned to joy. And what caused great mourning began, ended up in gladness. And what was a death sentence ended up in feasting. And what they thought they were going to lose, they were able to give to the poor. God turned the situation completely around. Can God turn something from you in your family? in your marriage, with your children. Yes, can God make something that's so hard, lifeless, difficult, big and scary? Can he change it into something sweet and fluid and something from heaven? Yes, he can cause streams of his goodness to flow down your life. It's who he is. That victory, that Esther story is supposed to be our story. And I believe God's moving behind the scenes even now. In March of this year, I had something so hard. Our family hit our family hard. It was something I was praying about, and I didn't want to face. I was like, I, I, I don't want to face this, Lord. Would you take it away? Would you just fix it? Do something. So I'm walking the river walk. I'm walking, walking, and praying. At the end of the walk, I'm like, Lord, you know, would you say anything to me? Speak to me. I love those words and little bits of honey from heaven. They, they soothe and comfort my soul. I love the counsels of God. And the scripture rises up in me from John 16, 33. It says this. In the world, in life, is tribulation. There's hard stuff in the world. I'm telling this to you because you got to know it. In me is peace. In life, there's trouble. Be of a good cheer. Don't lose heart. Be brave. Be strong. I've overcome the world. You're not going to die in the middle of this. You're not going to go under. I've robbed it of its power to harm you. I've conquered it for you. You're going to come through. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm strong. I, I still didn't want to face it. Is there something you don't want to face too? God understands that. At the end of this walk, I'm walking and I go to take one final step here and I'm about to go to my car and I almost step on a baby copperhead with the head up. And I went, no, 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 no. You are not gonna harm me. I am gonna harm you. No, and I know how venomous they are. And they were setting up for a children's festival that day. And I, th I had this, this brief thought of, you know, I could let it slither off, but no, it's not right. It, it, the children need to be protected. And I need this victory in my life because I almost got bit by a big copperhead the year before and it got away. I didn't get the pleasure of killing it. And so I was like, 
and this one needs to die. So I'm looking around, I can't find anything to kill it with. So what I did is I found an elderly ranger. And I was like, it was, he was an elderly ranger. I kind of felt guilty. He was eating a morning snack, an apple. And I was like, could you help me? I can't find anything to kill this snake and I, it needs to go. <laughs> he comes over, he's eating his apple. He's like so relaxed. He's in his 70s. And he comes over, he says, there's nothing to kill it with. I said, I know. <laughs> he takes his sneaker, the heel of his sneaker, not his boot, his sneaker, and he just steps on it, takes another bite of his apple, steps on it again, and flicks it in the, in the woods. And I went, wow, like, you're exactly what I was praying about. You overcame the world. It, <laughs> you killed that thing. And I got to see it and I'm so glad. And he goes, amen. I went, yes, amen. And I walked off and I went, hey, wait a second. Thank you. But eating an apple and killing a snake, <laughs> they don't match for me. Why are you so relaxed? I'm not relaxed when I'm killing a snake or faced with a fear. He comes over to me, he puts his arm around me, and he said, as believers, our faith and trust in God has to be stronger than our fears. I said, I sit back and I went, you know, I've had a brief thought that maybe you're an angel. <laughs> he actually went like this, he didn't deny it. I went, whether he was an angel or not, it was a message. After I prayed, you're gonna have to trust me. We still had to face that situation. But my faith and trust in God had to be stronger than the fear I had of facing the situation. And yours can too. Don't lose heart. God stands with you. In fact, in Job 28.10, he says, I can cut rivers, I can cut channels, I can cut passageways in the rocks. And his eye is on every precious thing. Guess what? You're his precious thing. Your family, your heart, your needs, your situation is precious to God. And he's like, I can make a way through the hard situation. I can bring honey from heaven to you. I can heal you. I can bring hope to you. Don't be hopeless. God is still there. He's faithful and he loves you and cares about you. Hasn't forgotten you with him. You'll always win in him. He gets all the glory. And that's why my whole life I love to pray and involve him in situations. I have one last poem. I didn't write it, but I love it. It says, do you know the Savior who is wondrous, kind, and true? He's the rock of your salvation. And there's honey in that rock. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.